Which Christian-made fantastical novels won big at the 2020 Realm Awards hosted at the Realm Makers Conference just this past weekend? Also, guess who's coming to dinner at the 2021 Realm Makers Conference hosted pandemic approval pending again in St. Louis, Missouri. Here is a hint. He is known for angels and demons, and perhaps more fascinatingly, he's the creator of fictional characters that feel real enough for reality, yet robust enough for fiction. That answer and all those amazing novels that won big, coming up. This is Fantastical Truth, the podcast from Lorehaven. On this podcast, we find truth in fantastic stories, finding the best of Christian fantasy, science fiction, and beyond, and we apply their real truth to the real world that our creator and savior, Jesus Christ, calls us to serve. I am E. Stephen Burnett, and I'm the publisher of Lorehaven. And I'm Zachary Russell, but at the Realm Makers Conference, I went by Zachary Russell. (laughs) And if you're familiar with the podcast, you know I go by Zach. So that was kind of funny to uh, have everyone call me Zachary. But this is episode 25, and it's all about the awards won by the best Christian fantastical books at the Realm Makers Conference. So we're going to cover a lot of really great books, some of which Stephen and I are presently reading or have read or look forward to reading, and we hope you do too. Uh, Zach, I actually came here for the uh, the Myths About Narnia Part 2 uh, uh, podcast. We started that series last week, and oh yes, actually, uh, because of conferenceitis, uh, that syndrome that gets into your head even when the conference is virtual and you're safe from that other popular virus, uh, we split that episode into two and then realized, oh, hold on, wait a minute. We have to cover this conference. We have to discuss it a little bit. It is not just a writer's conference. This is increasingly the place from which we are getting all of these amazing titles that we're exploring in Fantastical Truth. The Christian fantastical novelists are being found, recruited, equipped, trained, and often signed, sealed, and delivered by publishers at a conference like this. And it is the leading locale of Christian-made fantastical training uh, in in the world, really, uh, this is the only conference that does what they do. You can go to other writers' conferences and get fantasy, and you can go to other Christian conferences and get fiction. Uh, but Realm Makers is the only place where they all come together at one big event. This is such a wonderful conference. Uh, if for, if you're a writer, really consider going to this conference. It's such a fun place to be. Uh, I've felt totally at home there, even though uh, I'm still very much a new writer, and you know, getting to mingle with people that have been doing this their whole lives or, or that are also new writers, that's been really fun too. So Stephen, tell me and our audience who the guest speaker at next year's Realm Makers Conference is going to be. This shall be none other than Frank E. Peretti. Yes, that one, not his cousin who writes plumbing manuals, the Frank E. Peretti who writes the darkness books or wrote them rather back in the 1980s. Yes, he's the angels and demons guy, but he's written way more than that. And, uh, believe uh, some of y'all are aware that I believe Peretti's best novel is his 1999 thriller, uh, The Visitation. But we also talked about This Present Darkness, uh, actually in Fantastical Truth, Episode 9, What If the Armies of Hell Tried to Invade Your Hometown? Uh, We had uh, Review Chief Austin Gunderson join us for that one. And uh, Peretti is coming to Realmakers. It's going to be in St. Louis, probably in July, probably real this time. Uh, and uh, he'll be the keynote speaker there. And of course, plenty of people will be eager to have him sign their books and reveal to them the secrets of the spiritual dimension. I think he'll be doing more of the former and less of the latter because Peretti is a genius, fantastical writer. 
he speculated about a lot of that stuff and yet he was able to make it come alive and feel real for many people i look forward to meeting him i actually have gotten his autograph to by way of realm makers founders scott and becky minor uh, he was in san antonio last fall zach for another conference and i think they got to know him a bit down there and probably helped uh, to uh, knit this uh, particular recruit for realm makers 2021 Awesome. Well, this year, our keynote speakers were Indy Wilson, Thomas Locke, and CJ Redwine. There was a really cool moment during Indy Wilson's talk where uh, one of his themes was, I write fantasy because I am a fantasy creature, and I live in a fantastical world already. So I'm not writing fantasy to escape to another world. I'm writing fantasy to reflect the fantastical things about this world. Amen. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I love this one thing he said, Stephen, where he says, uh, I have a key in my pocket that I can put it into a metal box, which <laughs> creates miniature explosions that move me around. <laughs> you know, just thinking of all the wonderful things and inventions and truths about this world and wh- whether it's technological or scientific or just, uh, just conceptual, just so many amazing things that God has made in this world that really fantasy is a reflection of all those wonderful things. Zach, that is such a Lewisian thought, as in C.S. Lewis, and not just him, but it's really a biblical thought to look at the world and even as a realist, even as a grown-up who doesn't expect to get certain things just because you pray a certain way or think a certain way, this isn't some kind of prosperity idea, but you can look at the world and realize, wow, this really is a place of wonder and not only human technology, but just the way that God has made the universe. Like I was thinking earlier uh, about some of the things that Wilson was saying and realizing that uh, those make me feel really good. You know, you get this little emotional feedback, this thrill, not only to go to a conference or a big Christian event or to to stay there and go there virtually, but it gives you these uh, these rushes of emotions. And there was this little skeptical sciencey side of me that was saying, "Oh, come on, that's just." Uh, you know, that's just endorphins. Uh, that's just whatever the little brain chemistry is going on. It's, you know, you're trained to thinking that this spiritual stuff is, uh, should make you feel good. And so that happens. It's just a feedback loop. But then here comes in the, uh, the, that style of thinking. It realized, wait a minute. Okay. Yes, this is neurochemistry. This is a feedback, you know, in my brain. I realized, but I've got in my brain magic chemicals that automatically release and that help me to feel this way in response to ideas and experiences and memories and truths. And isn't that itself just a magical concept that you get to have imagination and truth in this same miraculous instrument called the brain, which grew from single (laughs) cells into this incredible organism that allows us to interface with reality. And, and that is all due to the credit of God, the creator, who has given magic potions in our brains, some of which we don't even know about. Yeah. And I, I love how his whole point is we are all writing fan fiction of God's story because God is the one that's creating the ultimate fantastical tale. And we're just, you know, just making little reflections of that. So that's a little uh, picture for you, listener of the Realm Makers Conference. It was so amazing, so inspirational. Even if I wasn't a writer, I would have loved to have gone to this conference and just thought about all the ways that imagination and truth and the Bible and fantasy and, you know, science fiction and living in this world, just all of those intersect. So I, we really encourage you to check it out, especially if you're a writer. 
But uh, we, we might share more about the conference later and kind of what that looked like, or you can uh, hit us up online and talk to us about the specifics. But we are, let's go ahead and go to our main course, the Realm Awards. So these were the awards given out by Realm Makers to the best Christian fantasy and science fiction novels. And there are a number of them here in, in different categories. So our first award we're going to cover is the Alliance Award. And this was chosen by a reader vote. So Stephen, who won this award? I feel like I'm imitating the actual award ceremony, which, by the way, was hosted publicly. So we may be able to link to that video done over Crowdcast in oh, the show right. notes. Uh, the award winner for the Alliance Award chosen by readers was Brand of Light, which is science fiction by Ronnie Kindig from Enclave Publishing. And uh, this novel was actually reviewed in Lorehaven Magazine as part of our uh, Enclave uh, feature story on the, in the fall 2019 issue. Uh, in that review, we said, quote, Kiersey Dragomis was born into a fantasy world. She has the wealthy family and the warrior princess training montages. To her chagrin, she also later faces the arranged marriage, all to benefit her homeworld of Drossero. That was before the massive explosion that, by all accounts, killed her entire family, and before she was snatched away just in time by relatives running a flying machine. For it seems that Drossero is but one world among several in the Tertian Space Coalition, and in fact the only planet whose people reject technology. Such is the genre-blending verse of Ronnie Kindig's space opera opener, Brand of Light. For dedicated hunters, warrior princesses, or soldiers, Brand of Light beckons with complex worlds of potential and at least one lurking entity that promises even more space operatic mystery in the Drosseran saga. You can get the full review of this book and as well as kind of a parent's guide who, it, who it's best for, some things to discern about it from Lorehaven Magazine at lorehaven.com. Stephen, I got this book a little while ago and my wife uh, recently dove into it and she's been reading it at night and just keeps saying, why do I read this at night? Then I can't fall asleep. <laughs> then I just want to stay up and keep reading. Excellent. So, it's yeah. those magic chemicals in the brain working in her favor. <laughs> How and, marvelous. Uh, and the Alliance Award is, is one of two awards that this book uh, won. So we will talk about that other award in just a minute. But next, let's go to, let's go to the Parable Award. And this was won by the book for the best cover design. And, you know, let's just state the obvious here. We do judge books by their cover. I think that was the joke that was made at the award ceremony. But it's true. Uh, when you see a book cover that's just a work of art, and then you see another book that looks like it was drawn in Microsoft Paint. I mean, which one are you going to pick up, right? You're going to pick up the one that looks really cool. So th this was kind of fun. You know, this is not, Stephen, when I, when I first started going to Realm Makers and they had this award, I, I kind of thought, thought it was a joke because of that saying, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. But I, I've really come to appreciate the artistry of the covers for all these Realm Makers books because it really reflects something intangible about the story. And it really captures kind of the emotional experience of these stories. Anyway, I don't need to pontificate about that, but who won this award, Stephen? This award was won by a book called Heart of the Curiosity by H.L. Burke uh, with cover by a designer named Austin Lord. Uh, by the way, we will feature this cover because this is podcast. You can't actually see stuff and we'll have all these covers and links in the show notes uh, released along with this episode. You can look at this cover and see exactly the type of story that you're getting. You don't even need to read the back cover, but we're going to uh, the, going to read that anyway. Quote, the secret lies with the heart. 
born with a magical knack for manipulating emotions, Leodora's only dream is to ensure her talented little sister dances on the biggest, brightest stage in the Republic. The Curiosity, a grand old theater of tradition and innovation. After escaping a cruel carnival, Leo secures her sister a place in the Curiosity's chorus line and herself a job as a professional audience member, swaying the crowd's mood with her magic. The girls have a home for the first time in their lives. Then a tragic accident darkens the theater. A greedy businessman begins blackmailing Leo, and financial woes threaten to close the show forever. The Curiosity's sole hope lies in a mythical power source hidden beneath the maze-like passages and trapdoors of the theater, the heart. And Leo's only friend, Paxton, nephew of the theater's stage mistress, is the key to finding it. While Leo and Paxton hunt for the heart, the blackmailer's threats loom larger. Mysterious figures, cryptic clues, and deadly traps hinder the search at every turn. If the friends cannot recover the heart in time, Leo and her sister will be cast out of the only home they've ever known, and the final curtain will fall on the curiosity. Enter a world reminiscent of the greatest showman with a puzzle worthy of Sherlock Holmes and national treasure in this new steampunk fantasy from H.L. Burke. End quote. That's the complete cover, and you can also find this uh, book linked in the show notes. All right. Let's go to the Realm Award for Children's. And Stephen, tell us about this award. This is the book, the children's book, Hello Ninja, from Indy Wilson, from HarperCollins. And if you have been on Netflix, and if you have little kids, you may have actually seen the TV show on which uh, that's a, you may have actually seen the TV show uh, that is based on this book. Oh yeah, I, I actually just looked this up, uh, and so I'm, I'm told my kids about it. Hey, it's already got three seasons. You can watch this. So. I think this is going to be really fun. So tell us more about the story in this. Well, if this award ceremony had been live, as soon as they announced the title, I would have uh, called back the show's catchphrase where the little boy is about to turn into a ninja says, yes, hello. It's a little bit self-aware. <laughs> I think they actually put in a little bits there for the older folks who seem to realize that they're watching a preschool kids show and uh, <laughs> need, need something for them. Uh, but it's not at all cynical. It's a very earnest uh, show that respects imagination and fantasy. I haven't read the book, though. Now I want to get it. The, uh, the description says, quote, are you longing for adventure, mischief? What about sandwiches? Tag along with one sneaky ninja who is happy to share his busy day, but not his lunch, with curious kids everywhere in this rhyming picture book, perfect for fans of the three ninja pigs and ten little ninjas. Written by bestselling author Nate N.D. Wilson and gorgeously illustrated by newcomer Forrest Dickinson. Perfect for reading aloud and shared story time, end quote. Now, this will be fun for my kids. Uh, one of my kids, we call her, uh, well, she's kind of a ninja, but we, we always joke that she throws smoke bombs because she's kind of our one truly introverted, introverted kid. And so she'll just disappear at times. We're like, where'd she go? Oh, she threw a smoke bomb. Boosh. So there we go. Um, the next award, uh, the next realm award is for middle grade books. And this was won by Iggy and Oz, the plastic dinos of doom by JJ Johnson from dark side geeks. Uh, JJ has a, a fun podcast called Two Dads and a Joke. So a really great guy and j just north of here from Oklahoma. So I, I won't hold that against him. You know, I am, I am a Texan at heart. So, hey, we have a little rivalry there. But the uh, Plastic Dinos of Doom, Stephen, tell us about what this is about. Well, we have not yet reviewed this one, but we have heard great things about it. Uh, Scott Miner, who's the uh, co-founder of Real Makers, when he announced the award, did a dramatic reading, an excerpt from the book. Uh, there was much barf and there was much grossness <laughs> and things that presumably middle grade uh, students would really just eat up. 
Oh, hopefully not literally though. This <laughs> is the uh, this is the story description. Quote. Iggy Risner is your typical wisecracking 12-year-old. When his younger brother Oz wakes him in the middle of the night claiming he heard a monster in the attic, Iggy takes him upstairs to prove him wrong. But instead of a flesh-eating beast, they discover hundreds of their plastic toy dinosaurs that have mysteriously come to life. When the dinos escape the attic and start terrorizing young kids in the neighborhood and trampling flower beds, somehow Iggy, Oz, and their friends must catch the plastic dinos of doom before the damage escalates. But what do you do when your parents doubt your story and a group of clueless neighborhood bullies stand in the way? For Iggy and Oz, catching the little beasts may prove to be easier said than done. End quote. That sounds like a lot of fun, and I kind of want to read it even though I'm technically no longer in the middle grade. Yeah, this sounds like if you like the Lego movie, you'd probably like this book. It, it a similar sort of feel to it. All right, the next Realm Award was for fantasy. So this is for all fantasy. And this was won by Emily Hayes from Hayes Publishing, who wrote Seventh City. And this is actually one of two awards this book has won. So we'll tell you about that second award in a minute. But Stephen, why don't you tell us about this book? Well, we need to review this one too, do we not? Until then, we have the back cover from which I'll excerpt here, quote, quote within a quote, let me tell you a story that happened so long ago that only the hills and rivers can remember the time. All her life, 13-year-old Maki has heard tales of the legendary city of gold buried deep in the northern frontier. But when her village is burned and her brother captured by cruel invaders, the legend becomes desperately real. Armed with a wolf dog and a heart of courage, Maki sets out on a journey that will demand all her strength and cunning. She is determined to bring her brother home at all costs. Yet as her quest leads her deep into a wilderness of ancient dangers, Maki realizes that even for her, some prices are too high to pay. End quote. And disclaimer, uh, we don't have a pronunciation guide for any of these except uh, the, uh, the book by Ronnie Kindig. That was the first book we mentioned that won the Alliance Award, Brand of Light. So I may be mispronouncing that there. I tried to say Maki, but it could be Maki, uh, which is also the, uh, the rebellious faction from Star Trek uh, <laughs> back in the 1990s. So I kind of like Maki. And I also really like the cover for this book, Zach, because it has on it Aurora Borealis, the Northern Lights, and apparently there is quite the Alaskan frontier flavor uh, to this fantasy novel. Yeah, it looks really, really cool. Um, there was something really interesting Emily said during the awards. I, I wonder if you caught this, Stephen. Um, so her book is independently published. So she's not published by like a traditional uh, book publishing house. And something that's really unique about Realmakers is that they allow any books to be entered, not just ones that are from one of these big publishers. And this is not true of a lot of award ceremonies. And so it really levels the playing field between a lot of authors. She, she seemed totally blown away by these awards and just the fact that she could even be entered in this. And so I really love that about Realm Makers, that it really celebrates traditionally published and independently published authors equally. And so that was, that was really cool to see her speech. Our next Realm Award is for science fiction. So here we go. Who do you think won this? But Ronnie Kindig from Enclave Publishing for Brand of Light. So that was her second award. Congratulations to you, Ronnie, for winning that. And um, it's been really fun, like I said, watching my wife read this book. And I will be diving into it after her. Next is the Realm Award for Young Adult, YA. This was won 
by Mary Weber, who wrote To Best the Boys. And this is published by Thomas Nelson HarperCollins. I haven't read this one yet, but Stephen, why don't you tell us the plot summary? I fetched this one from the back cover as well, which says, quote, Every year for the past 54 years, the residents of Pinsbury Port have received a mysterious letter inviting all eligible aged boys to compete for an esteemed scholarship to the all-male Stemwick University. The poorer residents look to see if their names are on the list. The wealthier look to see how likely their sons are to survive. And Ren Toller opens it to see if she can derive which substances the ink and parchment are created from using her father's microscope. In the province of Caldon, where women train in wifely duties and men pursue collegiate education, 16-year-old Ren Tuller wants nothing more than to become a scientist. As the poor of her seaside town fall prey to a deadly disease, <laughs> she and her father work desperately to find a cure. But when her mom succumbs to it as well, Ren decides to take the future into her own hands through the annual all-male scholarship competition. With her cousin Selene by her side, the girls don disguises and enter Mr. Holmes' labyrinth to best the boys and claim the scholarship prize. Except not everyone is ready for a girl who doesn't know her place, and not everyone survives the deadly maze. Welcome to the labyrinth, end quote. I am seeing a slight tone of female empowerment in this description there. A little stem or steam, whatever. It'd be funny if it was steampunk, like uh, science, technology, education, art. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. math. that's right that's that's, that's the m there i'm i'm a boy i got bested i didn't even uh, went blank there on what the m stands for in steam <laughs> math but yeah that that book sounds like it has some parallels with mulan so sounds like a cool book uh Mar mary's awesome so i i know that this will be a very entertaining read the next category for realm award is for debut novel so for an, an author's first book to be published and the winner for this was Furion's Fire by Emily Jeffries from Sheepgate Press. Let's even tell us about this book. The back cover reads, quote, The week of her wedding, Lady Tessamine Canyon is jilted by her betrothed, Prince Linden. Left utterly humiliated, Tess betrays a tightly guarded secret to an enemy spy, a decision that throws the Dion of Glademont into chaos. Hunted by bloodthirsty mercenaries, Tess flees into the Hinge Forest. There, with the help of a wild owl and a 200-year-old bear, Tess begins to unlock the forgotten mysteries of her people. Deep in the woods, the spirit of a long-dead dryad awaits the next thane of a fierce weapon. To Tess's amazement, it is she who is called to master the weapon's power and save Glademont from an impending war. When a surprising turn of events reunites Tess with Lyndon, the prince who called off their engagement, Tess must swallow her pride and join forces with him. But even if Tess can rescue her people, will that be enough to forgive her treason? Armed with a fiery magic, Tess is forced to make an impossible choice, one that might seal her fate as the next Thane, but forever extinguish any chance at following her heart. End quote. That sounds really good, and another one that might be gracing my bookshelves pretty soon. Okay, the next Realm Award, and this is a category that might surprise you for a Christian Writers Conference. It's for <gasps> horror. Dum, dum. Yes, yes, but it also says other. So, so, so you can just say other if you want to. Paranormal or just weird stuff, uh, things that go bump in the night. Yeah. So, Stephen, you know, we have, we, we have talked about one of the books in this series that we're going to tell you about in here a second. But to you, our listener, if you are curious about a Christian perspective of horror, you know, let us know. Maybe that's a topic we could cover in an upcoming episode. October, perhaps. Yeah, that'd, that'd be very on brand. 
Just maybe. Well, <laughs> the winner of this Realm Award is Amish Werewolves of Space oh! by Carrie Neitz from Freeheads Publishing. So we uh, we had an excerpt from his other book, Amish Zombies from Space, which is the follow-up to Amish Vampires in Space. So a lot, lot of uh, Amish horror creatures out there. So Stephen, tell us about this book. Some say death comes in threes. For the Amish community of Alabaster, it seems to. They've maintained an uneasy alliance with the Vampirkinder, the altered humans that rescued them from the zombies seven years ago. But after several vicious attacks, nighttime slaughters that could only have been perpetrated by the Kinder, the union of the two peoples is shattered. Meanwhile, a resurgent zombie horde and mysterious nightly howls signal doom not only for the Amish but for the entire galaxy. As more and more planets fall, the Raven survivors hunt for a solution. Can they restore the peace, escape the horde, save the galaxy, or is it already too late? End quote. And this is book three of the Perils in Plain Space series from Carrie Neitz. Famously begun by Amish vampires in space, continued by Amish zombies from space, and now concluded, it seems, in Amish werewolves of space. So you have to switch the monsters out and then change it from in, from, and of. That's how the, uh, that's how the title nomenclature works. I love the name for the ship, the Raven. That's so perfect. Okay, our second to last category here is for supernatural and paranormal. So this would be, let's see, this would be spiritual warfare kind of books. This would be superhero books. What what other kind of books go in this category, Stephen? Uh, just creature stuff that's not technically horror, I would say. Yeah, this is probably the category I, I know the least about personally. But I do know this author pretty well, Steve Raza. And his book, Mercury on Guard, won this award. And he is independently published. So again, we've got another indie author, which is so cool. Tell us about this book, Stephen. Well, Steve Raza also uh, helps us out with the Lorehaven Book Club's group on Facebook. Uh, it's uh, been a bit dormant lately while we uh, figure out what's going on with the pandemic, but hopefully we'll get that started up soon to discuss titles like this one by Steve himself, as well as all the others. From the back cover, quote, Mercury Hale is not a hero, not in his mind. He's happy spending his late night slicing his way through monstrous astral fiends using a weapon imbued with a mysterious power at the behest of the secretive Procyon foundation it's a strange way to earn a paycheck but hey he's good at it the problem is things are getting worse more attacks more public exposure none of which Procyon wants when he tries to get to the bottom of the mess mercury is confronted by a tightly guarded secret about Procyon, its true purpose and what that means for the fate of the world worse mercury is not who he thinks he is and he's not alone end quote all right, our final Realm Award is for Book of the Year, and this is chosen from all the winners. So this book was Seventh City by Emily Hayes. So way to go, Emily, for winning that second award. And yeah, Stephen, I think this is definitely one that we got to take a close look at from Lorehaven Magazine. Okay, so at the award ceremony, there was an interesting quote from a book judge that the MC read to us. So why don't you tell us what the book judge said? Quote, it is a great pet peeve of mine that publishers believe every great book must capture you from the start. How completely expected, modern, and lazy that thought is. This book is a perfect example of that not being true. Some stories, and often the best, take time to unpack. End quote. Oh, I love that. I, I am totally a fan of slow burn 
stories and in movies and books. I, I can think of so many off the top of my head that I really like in that category. So that, that really gets my interest right there. So that was awesome way to go to all the winners and to you, our listener, we hope that you enjoy one of these books. And if you've already read one, or if you decide to pick one up and want to give us your thoughts about it, please send that in to podcast at lorehaven.com. We would love to know your opinion of these books. Next, let's go to our fantastic fans segment, which is going to be a little different today. It's not our usual listener mailbag. This time we're going to share some feedback from new attendees of the Realm Makers Conference. Yeah, these come from first-time attendees of Realm Makers. Uh, I actually reached out to all of them, uh, having had some contact with them over the conference and uh, actually had appointments with a few of these folks. And I knew that this was their first time coming to the conference. In fact, they may not have been able to attend if the conference had been held in real life. So this ended up being a pro to the con, as it were, thanks to the pandemic, a little bit of a blessing that they got to join us here. All right. So our first quote here is from LG McCary, who says, quote, it was a bit of a miracle that I was able to attend Realm Makers 2020. Thank you, Havoc, for that scholarship. It was an incredible experience. I felt old trying to figure out Discord, but it turned out to be such a blessing. Video chat in the mermaid room was definitely better than sitting in a socially distanced circle and wearing uncomfortable masks for hours, trying to find a way to socialize safely. Best of all, I still got to celebrate with new friends when good things happened. That's one of the best parts of conferences, comforting each other through failures, celebrating victories together. Realmies are the best at both. I can't wait for next year and I'm already planning my costume, end quote. Stephen, I, w- I want to give just a, a little bit of commentary about this quote. I, this resonated so much with me. So first of all, to our listener, this conference, what made it so unique is it wasn't just a Zoom call all day. Zoom was one thing we used, but it was one of three things. So Zoom was for like personal appointments or small group meetings. Um, Crowdcast is what we used for all the live stream uh, teaching. And sometimes there were five things happening at once and it recorded all of those things. But Discord, like LG mentioned, was our hub. That was like our convention center where we you know, hung out in the lobby together or had little impromptu video chats together. There was a million things happening on Discord all at once. I consider myself pretty tech savvy, but I Discord took a little time for me to get used to, but I, I know Slack, so it's pretty familiar. But um, I, I love this thing that she said at the end about really just the atmosphere of Realm Makers, that it's a time to celebrate, mourn together, you know, comfort each other, and and really just stick up for one another. Stephen, the more I've I've dove into the dived in to the author world. I, I've noticed this, you know, it's like a lot of artist circles that there's a lot of jealousy. Um, there's a lot of envy. There's a lot of negative things that go with being an artist who's in competition with other artists. But in this Realm Makers community, man, it is so positive. Uh, you, you don't have to worry about uh, how you're going to stack up or compare to other people. It's been so encouraging. I totally love everything she said there. And I hope to heaven that that continues, especially as the conference grows, as it must and as we uh, gain more folks and connect more circles of uh, Christian creators of these kinds of stories out there, uh, it's going to get bigger and those temptations may grow. But I hope to Jesus that we can preserve that kind of humility that comes when we are creating stories for his glory and our joy and not for all these uh, petty rivalries that uh, people can do. But there will be some of those, but hopefully we can postpone that as long as possible. 
The next quote comes from Philip Wilder. Uh, he told me, quote, I loved attending Railmakers 2020. The people were very welcoming, friendly, and down to earth. I made many new friends, despite the fact that the entire conference was online. I also got the chance to play several games with others online. I even regained my passion for writing fiction and was able to get some great feedback on a new novel idea I've been rolling around in my head. Attending the conference online made me much more excited to attend an in-person Realmakers conference. Perhaps one day, Corona will stop trolling us all. End quote. And Maranatha, may Christ return and Corona end, uh, whichever comes first. <laughs> yes. All right. Our third story or quote here is from Kristen Aguilar. Uh, I hope I'm saying that right. She says, quote, I heard about the Realmakers conference last minute when a friend invited me to go. Held virtually this year, I was able to register right before the conference started, and I never looked back. Realmakers is in a class all by itself. The people were friendly, fascinating, and fun. Even virtually, Realmakers went above and beyond to foster community and to encourage engagement with an immersive, positive experience. Whether it was branding, marketing, how to conduct media interviews, or how to take your writing or screenwriting to the next level. There was a plethora of incredible speakers and events packed into three days. I learned a ton. Plus, I went into the conference with one new friend and left with many more. Overall, a great experience, end quote. Yeah. Stephen, what other kind of thing could you do like that? Like, what other conference could you just join like the day before, you know, because you'd have to fly there, get a hotel, blah, blah, blah. That, that was kind of an interesting, you know, hashtag Corona blessing about this whole virtual conference. So I'm so glad for Kristen's experience. That's awesome. Amen. And even though I do uh, yearn for the day when Realmakers or any other conferences can meet again for real, uh, there's one other writers conference uh, for which I'm particularly hoping in November, I hope we can actually have that for real, uh, that some of the threat is passed and that uh, we wouldn't have to wear masks all the time. Uh, but And yet the virtual conference has plenty of advantages too. I actually explore that some uh, in my speculative faith article that lists uh, these quotes and more. Uh, should have released on Tuesday, July 21st. So head over to lorehaven.com and the Spec Faith tab, the articles tab, actually, and you can uh, see many more of these quotes there. Uh, some shared, uh, you know, on the server or on the uh, on the conference page uh, that I was able to copy with permission, and then some uh, just shared directly with me, uh, including our final one here uh, from Robert Sloan, and he says, "Quote." My first experience at a Realmakers conference was this year's pandemic edition, and I'm very pleased with it. The quality of the panels, the keynote addresses, and the pitch and mentoring sessions were excellent. And after years of going to various kinds of professional conferences, I confess they were truly better than I expected by a lot. Every session had something of substance to offer with well-prepared presenters and significant opportunities to develop new relationships and networks. The people were very forthcoming and honest, and I've benefited from each one. The technological platform that supported this virtual conference was outstanding. The instructions were clear and I experienced no glitches. I'll definitely be back, end quote. I uh, really enjoyed getting to know him uh, during our, uh, our uh, mentoring appointment there. Fascinating story he has to share both in real life and the stories that he's putting out there. So uh, hopefully we'll hear more from him. And I, uh, I, I hope he'll come for real life uh, to the St. Louis conference featuring Frank E. This Present Darkness, The Visitation Peretti. All right. Well, to you, our listener, drop us a note about Realmakers, whether you went and you want to share your thoughts or whether you're curious about going and you have a question that you want to ask. If you scroll down in your podcast app to where it says episode webpage, click that and that'll take you to our Lorehaven podcast page. And that's where you can leave a comment or a question. 
Uh, and of course, we'll, we'll have more about this on Speculative Faith, which is Laura Haven's blog. But we really want to hear from you. So drop us a note there or email us at podcast at lorehaven.com. Next on Fantastical Truth, we will return, Lord willing, to your regularly scheduled program. If anyone showed up for the last four of those myths that people have about the Chronicles of Narnia, yes, we will explore those in that next episode of Fantastical Truth. From Susan in the Last Battle, meaning that Lewis kind of sort of hates women, to Emmeth in the Last Battle, clearly meaning that Lewis wanted everyone to go to heaven and thought that they would, uh, to the idea that the Chronicles are allegories, to the idea that they are safer for children than other stories. We will cover all of those and uh, have a lot of fun doing so. Meanwhile, we're going to exit this episode with a quote from none other than uh, one of the keynote speakers at Realm Makers this year, N.D. Wilson who said, quote, work to be faithful as a sub-creator, but first be a faithful fantasy character in the fantastical world you live in, end quote, as we continue to seek and find fantastical truth.